Rubin, this is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It is December 14th, 2020. We are covering four stories today all over the map of philosophy, politics, culture, and everything else because there is an awful lot going on. Uh, before I do anything else though, uh, I just want to uh, refute some rumors that are going around, okay? There's some rumors that I maybe had guests in my house this weekend that maybe I made a delicious uh, lamb leg with uh, rosemary and olive oil and salt and pepper and a little cumin. Uh, there are some rumors about that. And I just want to completely dispel those rumors. Those are totally untrue. I am a good American citizen, okay? I'm a believer in Eric Garcetti, our mayor here in Los Angeles, and I would never, never do anything against the direct orders of our leaders, our dear, dear leaders. So again, I did not have several people here. I don't have anyone in my house right now. Didn't cook a delicious lamb. And there's and and to the to the other rumor that I bought a whole bunch of wine for something that may be happening tonight. I just these are these are baseless, scurrilous rumors, and I will uh, be referring them all to my legal team because obviously uh, I am I am a true American, and by true American I I comply. I don't ask questions, and I know that Eric Garcetti and Gavin Newsom are looking out for me. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, uh, we are covering four stories today. I'll give you a quick rundown, then we'll dive right into them. Um, so, oh, but before we do anything else, tomorrow night, because many of you have asked, when are we gonna start doing the Rubin Report uh, movie nights again? Tomorrow night, we're bringing it back. We did a whole bunch of them when lockdown started, when it was all kind of fun to be locked down. Now it's become depressing and dystopian, but we're gonna have fun together at 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on Tuesday. That's 8 p.m. Eastern time. So 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're doing a Netflix watch. We're gonna be watching V for Vendetta, which I think is basically the perfect movie that we could possibly watch. And I actually did look in the YouTube comments from Friday when I mentioned that we're gonna be watching V for Vendetta and a lot of you were very excited. Uh, so uh, create an account at rubenreport.com. All the info is over there. You can also download the Rubin Report app, which is on iOS and Google Play. And then we'll watch the movie all at the same time. It'll be a Netflix watch party. And then we do a giant Zoom chat afterwards. You guys can share your feelings, jump on video, and that's private and it'll be fun and all that good stuff. Okay, what are we talking about today? Well, first, let's start with Bill Gates. Bill Gates, who you'd know Bill Gates, he's the Windows guy, he's the Microsoft guy, he was a big nerd who then became a rich guy, so he's a little less nerdy, uh, but he somehow is somebody that we all seem to think knows everything about everything, and he gets put on all of these TV shows as a billionaire to tell us what's good for us. Now, he was on Jake Tapper's show on CNN, or I should say the journalist formerly known as Jake Tapper, and he, Bill Gates basically said, we're gonna remain in lockdown forever. Pre that, that's pretty much what he's saying here, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to Bill Gates and Jake Tapper. People in California are right now under brand new stay-at-home orders uh, as hospitals there uh, risk being overwhelmed. Um, there are a lot of governors uh, who oppose bringing back these lockdown orders and forcing businesses cl to close. What do you think? Do you think more states need to consider taking that kind of drastic action and the kind of drastic action we saw when the pandemic first began? Or can there be a more nuanced approach? 
Well, certainly mask wearing uh, has essentially no downside. They're not expensive. Bars and restaurants in most of the country will be closed as we go into this wave. And I think, sadly, that's appropriate. Depending on how severe it is, the decision about schools is much more complicated because they're, you know, the benefits are pretty high. The amount of transmission is not the same as in restaurants and bars. So, uh, you know, trade-offs will have to be made. But this, the next four to six months uh, really call on us uh, to, to do our best because we can see that this will end and you don't want, you know, somebody you love to be the last to die of coronavirus. When do you think life will fully return to what we thought of as normal back in January? No masks, no social distancing, uh, no other protective measures necessary. Certainly by the summer, we'll be way closer to normal than we are now. But even through early 2022, unless we help other countries get rid of this disease and we get high vaccination rates in our country, the risk of reintroduction will be there. And of course, the global economy will be uh, slowed down, which hurts America economically in a pretty dramatic way. So we'll have starting in the summer, about nine months where a few things like big public gatherings uh, will still be restricted. But, you know, we can see now that somewhere between 12 to 18 months, and we have a chance if we manage it well uh, to get back to normal. I don't like you, Bill Gates. And as you guys know, I've been trying to control the cursing around here, so I'm gonna control it for this, but it ain't gonna be easy. And actually, I don't know what I'm gonna say in about two minutes from now. I don't do this with a script. I don't like you. 12 to 18 months, we might get normal. These, first off, Bill Gates, Bill Gates is a tech guy. Bill Gates has done some good things in the world, and Bill Gates has given money to charities and helped with some schools and things like that. But Bill Gates isn't some authority on this. Guys, we are now almost at Christmas 2020. When this freaking thing started in March and the lockdown started, they said two weeks to flatten the curve. As I said the other day, if locking everything down, masks everywhere, destroying the economy, making sure no one's doing anything ever, then California would look golden right now and Florida would look like a third world, world hellscape, wouldn't it? Except, no, no, there's virtually no difference. They're, actually, if anything, Florida's doing better because they're getting closer to something like herd immunity. This is absolutely insane. And Bill Gates, it's like they bring him on and for some reason, we all do this, we, and we all do this, myself included, you see these people who have accomplished some things and they've made an awful lot of money and you think that that makes them experts on everything. So what is Bill Gates even doing on there? Now, I know Bill Gates likes to vaccinate people. He did some vaccination stuff in, in Africa. But what is he doing? And by the way, let, let's pull this up. Bill Gates lives in a $154 million mansion in Medina, Washington. Now, I don't begrudge Bill Gates any of the money. You know this. I am a capitalist. I believe in uh, free markets. I believe in competition. I believe if you come up with something great that you should, you should profit from it. And I don't even mind him buying other companies and all of that stuff. But this man is living in a $154 million mansion. Try to imagine the staff that I am sure he has running through that house. 
the chefs, the cleaning people, every pot, the people that take care of the grounds, all of that stuff. He's got an engine of people that are working for him either with masks or without. He has no, the truth is he has no care in the world. This guy's life has not been affected in any way while all of our lives have. And again, I am not bringing this up to shame him for that freaking house. If I could afford it, I'd love to have it. He lives, happens to live in a no tax state. This is one of the people who's always saying that, you know, billionaires should be taxed more, rich people should be taxed more. For some reason he lives in Washington. It's very, <laughs> I mean, why? I can't really figure it out. Um, but you understand what's happening here? These people with extraordinary means are telling us how to live. You know, I tweeted on Friday that if you wanna end the lockdowns, what you should do is suspend salaries of politicians and the lockdown would end in five minutes. It's actually my most viral tweet ever. It's got like 150,000 likes or something like that. But that's the point. We have politicians and then this sort of elite class this elite class that just wanna control our lives forever. He's also talking about not being transmitted in schools and things. We know that, we know it's not being transmitted in schools. This has nothing to do with COVID anymore. If you guys don't get it, I'm gonna just say this till, I'm, till my head explodes. My head might explode uh, on one of these shows, but this has, the lockdowns have nothing to do with COVID anymore. This is an absolute destruction of the economy. And I don't know exactly what the pieces are. Like, I don't know, you know, this is where you could really go into some conspiracy stuff and a one world government and the globalists and all of that stuff, but it all sort of is piecing together. What does this have to do with this pandemic? We are supposed to be able to go out there and have a little risk in our lives and live. And just because Bill Gates is worth a gajillion dollars and everyone he knows can live however they want while us peons have to, have to pick up the crumbs, it's like, that, that's not good enough for me. And, and Jake Tapper is just, you know, the, Jake Tapper in a way is the worst because he used to be a real journalist. The rest of the, the, rest of the CNN people are just, are just clowns. Um, but in essence, you've got a millionaire there and a billionaire telling you why the rest of us can't live that way. And again, I don't begrudge them their money. It's the point that they have access to a lifestyle that most people don't as they're the ones that push the, the push away all of the opportunity for the rest of us to live. It's just absolutely nauseating. But speaking of nauseating, uh, Washington School District says that Asians aren't gonna count as students of color anymore. They are now gonna be counted as white students. And this is something I've been talking about for probably three years, because as you guys know, the intersectional calculator, the, the ridiculous social justice pyramid it puts white straight people, especially white Christians at the bottom. Jews are kind of lumped in with them because they're thought of as white, which isn't even totally true, obviously. Religion, you could be any color with religion, right? You got white Muslims, you got black Muslims, you got white Jews, you got black Jews, blah, blah, blah. But Jews are successful, so you get thrown in with the white Christians. None of this makes any sense. There are, there are millions of poor white Christians. You're not privileged just because of your skin color. You guys all understand this. But what happens is the more that these people obsess over skin color, uh, the more that they will discriminate people, discriminate on people based on skin color, right? So if you're of Indian descent or of Asian descent, two groups that have come to America, worked very hard, nobody gave them anything, suffered discrimination, right? You could look at old Hollywood movies, what they were doing with, uh, with Asian people over the years, Chinese people, et cetera. Uh, they worked very hard, they cared about education, they cared about family, played by the rules, and then what happened? Asian people of almost every stripe moved up the ladder, be, uh, became wealthy, they did well socioeconomically, they did ed education-wise, they started owning businesses, all sorts of things, but that doesn't work. 
for Indians. That doesn't work for Jews. It doesn't work for Asian people. So now you have to actually punish them and push them down the calculator so that we can help other people because this whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. So this is from Fox News. North Thurston Public Schools lumped Asians and white students together in its equity report. Equity, by the way, is the most dangerous word we've got right now. And measured their achievements against a student of color category that includes black, Hispanic, Native American, Pacific Islander, and multiracial students. Moving forward, district officials will change how achievement data is observed and apologize for the negative impact we have caused and remove the monitoring report from our website. Look, in essence, guys, I, I just don't even know what to tell you at this point. If you don't get how dangerous social justice is, it has nothing to do with being social and it has nothing to do with justice. It's about hurting people for working hard. And that's why they love the word equity and not the word equality. All a free country can do is give you an equal playing field, meaning you're free. We're not gonna have laws to discriminate you. Some of you are gonna start off poor. Some of you are gonna start off stupid. Some of you are gonna start off with good families, bad families. Some of you are gonna be born as crack babies. Some of you are gonna be born into ultra elite families and have everything and you might blow it and you might do something with it. These are, that's all what like the gestalt of life is about. Gestalt, good word. That's what, that's what life is. Chance and risk and reward and all of those things. The idea that they're trying to jam equity down our throats is dangerous. It's anti-human because it takes you out of the equation. You working hard. It makes you the sum of just what you look like. And is that how you want to be judged? Well, Asians, you, you, better, you better get on the ball here because they're coming for you. All right, I'm moving fast today. Segment three, ah, I can actually talk about a politician I like. It's a miracle, hallelujah. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, so Tulsi Gabbard, who is a congresswoman from Hawaii, who, as you know, stayed in the Democratic primary situation. She basically stayed in it all the way to the end and then they just sort of forced her out and they were ignoring her and not, you know, they kept changing polling data so she couldn't get into some debates, could get into some others. I've had her on the show. Uh, we've chatted a couple times off air. I think she is a good, decent person. We have some disagreements, by the way, some political disagreements. I don't care about that. I think she's fundamentally a good person. Uh, for those of you that don't know a lot about Tulsi, the one thing that you should Google about her uh, is the moment in one of the very early debates where she absolutely demolishes Kamala Harris on her record about imprisoning people when she was attorney general uh, here in California. Absolutely wrecks her. Um, and you should see that clip because it, it really is great. Uh, of course, Kamala dropped out shortly after that and was polling basically at zero and then they decided to make her president because obviously Joe Biden isn't gonna be president. I'm not even sure any of that's gonna work out for them too, but that's a separate issue for today. Uh, but Basically, Tulsi Gabbard did what we all know is right. And I, and if you, well, I'll pause for a second on that. I was gonna tell you about my interview with Abigail Schreier today because it's on the same topic, but we'll get to that at the end. Uh, but Tulsi Gabbard basically decided to hit back against the, the trans movement. Not against trans people, but the trans movement. This is a quote from the New York Post. Democratic Representative Tulsi Gabbard hit back at critics of legislation she's introduced to prevent transgender women from competing in female sports and for the care of infant survivors of late-term abortion, calling them hypocrites. A number of people called Gabbard, who leaves Congress this month transphobic and a right-wing shitheel on Twitter, among other in invectives. Invectives, is that a word? 
Invectives? I've never heard that word before. I welcome real criticism and debate, Gabbard told the Post Saturday, but my so-called critics don't want to debate the issues. They just want to engage in smears and slurs and name calling and innuendo and a little more from Tulsi. Identity politics is having an incredibly destructive effect on our country rather than recognizing what connects all Americans. It's being done to help people and parties get in power and stay in power by pitting individual Americans against each other. A truer statement has never been said, Tulsi. Yes, you are, you are absolutely right. So let's, let's just be clear about this. Her bill, which she just introduced, and by the way, she's stepping away from politics, right? She's, she's done at the end of the year, and she's stepping away, and she's gonna figure out some other things to do, but she's trying to do a little bit of good at the end in a party that has been absolutely decimated by the worst possible ideas and is being led with a guy with dementia and, and a woman who would love to, to arrest everybody, in essence. I'm being slightly hyperbolic on that, just, just a tiny bit. Um, what she is saying here, in essence, the, the bill that she is trying to get passed, prevents transgender women from competing in female sports. So this means someone that was biologically born a man and has those physical attributes, right? We know bone structure is different. We know muscle mass is different and everything else. You've all seen the videos of trans women, meaning biological men who transition, who then are beating the crap in wrestling out of girls who are kicking footballs farther and dunking on people and, and the rest of it. We all know something's not right there. That has nothing to do with being transphobic. I have no doubt in my mind that Tulsi Gabbard has nothing but empathy and sympathy uh, and compassion for trans people, meaning that if you are born one thing biologically and you wish to live your life as the opposite gender, then go ahead and transition and you should, as long as you do it, you should be treated exactly under the same, exactly the same way under the law as everyone else. The idea that she's transphobic, and this just shows you when they when they use these words, this phobic word, it's such nonsense. Transphobic means she has an irrational fear. Phobia is an irrational fear. Do you think Tulsi Gabbard has an irrational fear of trans people? I have just absolutely no doubt in my mind that she does not, but this is the stupidity that they've created. And then of course you get all the, the, the so-called tolerant gender pronoun people on Twitter telling her how awful she is and she's a Nazi and a right-wing maniac and everything else. She basically ran on trying to get us out of wars, you know, which now apparently that, that means you're a racist and a Nazi and a bigot and a right-wing maniac and everything else. Um, just to her statement on identity politics, I mean, you know I obviously agree on that, but I think what's interesting about this is, this is an outgoing congresswoman who represents the right ideas for the Democratic Party. Now, she's a little more big government than, than I would be at this point. That's okay, that, that's what America's all about. Like, you're supposed to debate when and where the government should be used, and you're supposed to do it respectfully and everything else. And if you haven't seen my interview with, with Tulsi, you know what, we'll put it in the, in the comment section. Let's link to it. We'll link to it in the comment section below so you can watch my, I think we did about an hour and a half together. And we talk about all these issues and we agree on the big stuff and we agree that America is a great country. We don't like identity politics. We have a little bit of disagreement on where taxes should be used. And, and so I think we're kind of close on abortion. I mean, it's just not even important what those little differences are, right? Because everyone loves little differences instead of getting the big stuff right. The point is that the Democratic Party had a choice to make along the road in this past year. And the choice was either you go with the crazy radical left nonsense or you go with something that seems like a sane democratic policy where we wanna help people using the state, that may not be some of the things that conservatives like, but we're different, we're Democrats. We, we see more use 
for tax money to do these things. We see more use for the federal government. We want to be an anti-war party, blah, blah, blah. We want to be for the working class. They chose all the wrong things under the guise of that Joe Biden's a moderate, but obviously Joe Biden won't be in charge. That's sort of where we're at at the moment. So the reason I thought this story was important wasn't specifically because of the because of the trans part of it, um, although I think what she did was right, and we all know it's right, and it's only a bunch of blue check journalists and verified wackos who, who are arguing against that. Like, we all know that that's right. I, I don't know anyone, I genuinely don't know anyone in the public sphere that is transphobic, meaning that they want laws that stop trans people from living whatever life they wanna live. Uh, and if, if you want some evidence of sort of how crazy that lobby is, I'm sure many of you have seen it already because it has millions of views, but I did a speech at University of New Hampshire. You could just search Dave Rubin, New Hampshire. And we didn't even want to post this video um, because it was such chaos with people screaming at me and yelling that I'm a Nazi and a bigot and everything else. But there's a woman who turns out to be trans in the audience. And it turns out she's also a gender studies professor at the university and she's calling me a Nazi and a bigot. She's trying to stop me from speaking. Of course, the university does nothing. I don't even care about that. But all I keep saying to her is, I want you to live with decency and equality and I hope you find someone that loves you and everything else. And her response to me is, you're a bigot and a racist. So this is a tiny bit of radical activists who have in essence decimated liberals and liberalism, and what you get left with is a Democratic Party that doesn't know what direction it is, because it should have been in the Tulsi Gabbard direction, and, uh, and in, instead it's not. By the way, I'm being told that invectives, I've never heard that word before, invectives. Uh, I'm getting the definition of it. It's insulting, abusive, or highly critical language. So I'm learning a little something here today too. It's not just that you're learning something maybe, or my goal isn't even to make you learn anything. My goal is to just by the end of this thing, hopefully you don't feel dumber. Because most of the time you watch something on TV and you feel dumber at the end. Like if you watch CNN for five minutes, you feel dumber. You feel dumber, you have a headache, you're angry, and you wanna punch people. I don't know that I can make you feel smarter, I just don't want you to feel dumber, that's all. All right, let's move on to the final uh, story of the day. By the way, there's a lot going on right now at this very moment uh, related to electors and the, uh, the election system and what's going on with the fraud and everything else. I know if I even talk about it, I'll, I'll be banned from this wonderful free speech haven known as YouTube. Uh, but we'll have, we'll have more on that tomorrow because there's a bunch being unfurled at the moment. And you can check my Twitter if you want to see some, some of the latest. Um, but uh, the fourth story I wanted to cover today, and I usually do three, but I want to do this fourth story because you're probably not going to see it on CNN because it involves the brother of one of the anchors of CNN uh, is a story that Andrew Cuomo, who is the governor of uh, New York, who basically is like the head of a mafia organization at this point. He's, he's just a bad dude who killed a lot of people. We all know that. He sent all those people back into the old age homes and everything else. In the midst of COVID, he wrote a best-selling best book about leadership during COVID as his state is in complete lockdown and disarray right now. I mean, these people, it's like the hubris is just off the charts. I wish I could be so mindlessly bleh. Um, in any event, he is being accused of sexual harassment from a progressive activist by the name of Lindsay Boylan. She's also an urban planner. And let's, uh, let's just go through the entire Twitter thread here, and then we'll compare that to, to something else that you might find interesting. Uh, this is the thread from Lindsay Boylan. Again, she's a progressive activist. She has her pronouns in her bio. This is not a crazy right winger. This is not a scary conservative or a white supremacist. She says, my first experience of workplace sexual harassment was when my mom got her first real job after graduating college 
when I was in high school. She was so excited to be taken seriously. Her boss, her boss isolate or her boss isolated her and kissed her. She never had that type of job again. It was then when I learned how hard it is for women, how hard this world can be for us when we are trying to be taken seriously and help our community, how easily jerks can destroy the lives of women. And I promised myself I would never let those kind of guys win. I would work hard my whole life to put myself in positions of power to change things, to end the violence and corruption, give voice to the voiceless. I am not stopping, I refuse, I will never give up. And now we're gonna get into the part about Cuomo specifically. Yes, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed me for years. Many saw it and watched. I could never anticipate what to expect. Would I be grilled on my work, which was very good, or harassed about my looks, or would it be both in the same conversation? This was, this was the way for years. Not knowing what to expect, what's the most upsetting part, aside from knowing that no one would do a damn thing even when they saw it? No one, and I know I'm not the only woman. I'm angry to be put in this situation at all. That's because I am a woman. I can work hard my whole life to better myself and help others, and yet still fall victim as countless women over generations have, mostly silent. I hate that some men like Andrew Cuomo abuse their power. So, okay. I don't know if what she's saying is true or not. Uh, she does say one interesting thing in there, which is, uh, I never knew what to expect. Would I be grilled on my work or harassed about my looks? Now, if you're grilled on your work, that's not sexual harassment, but if, if those things are happening at the same time or back and forth, I think one of the problems here is people think that any criticism somehow becomes harassment. But putting that aside, for a year and a half, basically, we were told to believe all women, right? We were always told to believe all women. Gotta believe them all, no women can be liars, you must believe all women. Well now, and we've seen this consistently, whenever it comes out that they go after a lefty, they go after a Democrat, they don't, don't we didn't mean that, we didn't mean all women, we meant, <laughs> we meant when they were going after the crazy right wingers. You, you see what I'm saying here, guys? So look, I don't know if this is true, I have no idea. By the way, right now, uh, according to some, some people in the media, uh, Andrew Cuomo is being vetted to be Joe Biden's attorney general, which means he would basically be in charge of the law enforcement apparatus of the country. Uh, that's according to the AP. So this is, this is serious stuff. But look, if we were to believe all women, then it seems like everybody should be reporting on this, right? We should be reporting on this. Uh, but I thought, you know, there's something interesting here because I'm not seeing a lot of people reporting on it. And then I did a little, a little Googling and, and I, I looked on the, the uh, Twitter machine there and I thought maybe the, the, the news organizations are treating this a little bit differently, they treated something else. So let's look at USA Today politics. Uh, and the image you're seeing on the left is, this is from uh, yesterday or today, the aide has not yet provided any validating evidence for the allegations or specific details on the harassment. Cuomo's office has denied the claim. Okay, so that's fine. She hasn't provided any direct evidence. Okay, we're gonna treat this maturely. We're, we're mature people. We're journalists, for God's sakes. Uh, now on the right, uh, and this is from, uh, you may remember this from about two years ago. Remember that, uh, that Brett Kavanaugh hearing when he was trying to become Supreme Court justice and everyone said he was the, the sort of long-term gang rape man of the world? Democratic presidential candidates are calling for Brett Kavanaugh to be impeached after the New York Times published an essay containing new allegations of sexual misconduct. I, I could have grabbed a gajillion headlines like this. There was no evidence that Brett Kavanaugh ever sexually assaulted anybody. All there were were allegations. The same thing that is happening here. So we know there is a double standard. If you're a Democrat, you're, they're gonna bend over backwards for you. They're gonna hide things for you. 
They're gonna use trickery in language, misleading uh, headlines that are disconnected from the story. And if you're on the right, you're a gang rapist, you're a Nazi, and you're a bigot. Lordy, lordy, we got a lot of work to do to clean up this mess. Okay, guys, uh, here's the deal. Tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, I will be watching V for Vendetta. It is an absolutely spectacular movie if you haven't seen it. And even if you have seen it, it's one of those movies that the more you watch, the better it gets. And there's so many parallels about the crazy lockdowns we're ha having right now, the authoritarian government, the overreach, the fear, all of those things. It's just, it's just the perfect movie. So join us at rubenreport.com. This is for uh, supporters only. So you just create an account, see what's going on there. We'll have info on the Netflix watch party. And then we're gonna do a massive Zoom afterwards. Again, that's rubenreport.com, and tomorrow, Tuesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and as I started saying before, uh, watch part one of my interview with Abigail Schreier, which is up right now, and Abigail wrote a really wonderful book on the sudden explosion of young teen girls that are suddenly transitioning, and the in transitioning to, to boys, and in effect, the entire cultural, political, machine and scientific machine that is driving it. And she really exposes a ton of it. The, the book is absolutely spectacular. And you may remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, Target banned the book because literally two people tweeted at them to get rid of the book. And then there was an outcry and now they've put the book back. I interviewed her a few days ago and we wanted to hold the interview because the, the book wasn't even restocked until this week. So now you can go ahead and get the book too. So part one of my interview is up on YouTube right now. The full thing's up at rubenreport.com. I'll see you guys tomorrow for movie night. We're back here all week. And then, and, then, and then actually at the end of this week after Friday, we're shutting down our operation for the rest of the year. I want my guys to have time to enjoy families and, and Christmas and New Year's and everything else. But we will be putting up some best of stuff and some other interesting things. And, then, and I'm actually gonna dip out for a little bit too because I think everybody could use a little break from the craziness, but we are here every day this week. Oh, and I'm on Fox and Friends tomorrow morning at like something like 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern. I'm not sure, it's super early. I'll be up at 4 a.m. Okay, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Have a great day and I'll see you tomorrow.